You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This week on the Paracast, Chris O'Brien has decided to take a few holiday days off. Now, we don't give him paid vacations here, but we decided that he's done such a great job in the forums, on the show. He's got to have some wonderful guests that he deserves at least one weekend off. Instead, I'm going to have a guest on this evening who's one of my closest friends on this planet and in other planets. And he's also somebody I've known for several decades. I've probably known Alan Greenfield as long as anyone except for Geneva Hagen and except for Jim Mosley. Perhaps we all got acquainted that same year. What an interesting year that was. And shortly thereafter, I became acquainted with Tim Beckley. So it was quite a variety of stuff. But we go back to look at the rather extensive studies in which Alan Greenfield is engaged, and we start with our interest in the UFO field. And if you haven't heard Alan before, I think it's important that we mention this famous little get-together we had. This was when we were teenagers, and Alan would come from Atlanta to New York City, And instead of going outside and getting completely bombed or loaded, and we were too young for that, I think. We're probably 16 or 17 at the time, Alan. Yeah, I think I was, first time I did the New Year's Eve, but I was 15, thereabouts. Okay. The point being here is that we just hung out, and we decided to talk about flying saucers. And I recall this particular occasion, you had a copy of a book with you, called The Incomplete Enchanter, kind of a fantasy story. It was about somebody who goes into another reality where the laws of magic take precedence. Am I correct? Yep, you are indeed. That's a book that, actually, I've still got that original copy from the 50s, you know, a 50-cent paperback. But yep, that was that was the premise, that it was fiction. And in fact, the authors, uh, L. Sprague de Camp and Fletcher Pratt, felt the need to put in a little quotation saying, we speak of things that, of course, do not exist, and you shouldn't regard them as existing, which I thought was <laughs> suspiciously overstating it at, at the time. But uh, that was very influential for me. The later the Complete Enchanter, which is all of the Harold Chase stories, is something I continue to recommend to people. Uh, it's fun, and it also produces some really, really great ideas. And in my youth, that was like one of the first exposures I had to any kind of alternate worlds theory. So, of course, I wanted to pass it along to my friends so they could be equally warped as I am. So you see how it came to be. Now, coincidentally, during the time that Alan and I were friendly at that point, I had a small UFO magazine. I probably gather he did as well. But later on, my first wife, Geneva, and I founded something called Caveat Tour, which was a magazine where we took an alternate viewpoint about everything. We kind of decided to get rid of the conventional wisdoms. And so we had an article from Alan, where he talks about the theory that we devised on this New Year's Eve so long ago, and it was called the alternate reality theory of UFOs. Would you explain further? 
Uh, yeah, it actually was a real game changer for me. When I got actively involved in ufology, my first exposure was to NICAP, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena that was very much government-oriented and some suspected uh, government-generated. They were on at 1536 Connecticut Avenue near DuPont Circle where Klaatu met his end in <laughs> the day the earth. Explain that to everybody. This is peculiar here. Now, there's a scene in The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original. We're not talking about the remake with Keanu Reeves, which was awful. The original. Well, I don't think my- it was awful, but it was not up to the original. I will agree with that. Let's just say mediocre. Okay. okay. So we have Michael Rennie's Klaatu being pursued by the authorities, and he's shot down near DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. This particular location was probably yards away from where NICAP had its headquarters. Yeah, he was shot down at DuPont Circle in Connecticut Avenue, which is one minute away from NICAP headquarters. Of course, NICAP didn't exist at the time the movie was made. I think it was a 1951 or 52 movie. 51. uh, uh, When I had originally seen the movie, my mother was a tremendous movie buff, and she went to the movies every day. And my father, not, not that much of a movie buff, he was... Like me, an agoraphobe, but he would go. He went to see that apparently in D.C. and was so impressed with the documentary flavor of it, which loses a little bit now when one sees it because documentary formats have changed and the personalities on TV change. But they had Drew Pearson and uh, the other radio TV personalities of that transitional period actually appearing in the movie in there as themselves um, and. Uh, and anyway, getting scale, no doubt. Well, who knows? Uh, Drew Pearson, I don't know, probably didn't work for scale. But in any case, uh, uh, so my mother took me to see it. And in her fashion, she never looked at the time movie started. She just walked in and sat down whenever it was. So it was about halfway through the movie that I got in there. But uh, uh, the first time that I saw it and uh, uh, by the time it got around to Patricia Neal being carried by uh, Gort, the uh, huge and rather phallic robot, uh, I made my mother leave <laughs> the theater. I was scared to death. So that was my first exposure. But there is a scene before that where Michael Rennie and Patricia Neal are, uh, as their characters, are riding in a taxi to try to get to the landed UFO in Washington. And he says he's got to escape. And if he doesn't make it, to go tell Gort the famous line, Klaatu, Barada, Nikto, which she has some trouble doing when she gets to Seagort. But in any case, he gets out of the cab, but there are cops and National Guardsmen and other people chasing him. So it's right at the corner, and they make a point of it saying it in the movie, at the corner of DuPont Circle and Connecticut Avenue. And sure enough, he gets out and is shot down right there and, and, and uh, in effect, dies, although he's later brought back to life by the robot. But in any case, when we went to NICAP's office years later, Actually, uh, uh, your friend Marty Salkin and I were detained by the police at 6 o'clock in the morning at that same corner many years later when we were in Washington to give uh, NICAP a a hard time or whatever we were there for. What's interesting here is the day before, Marty Salkin, you, and there was one other person with us, right? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was Rick Hilberg with us? 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so, yes. No, 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 it wasn't Rick. It, but it Dale was Rettig. No, it was not Dale. Okay. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Marty Salkind, by the way, we grew out of touch a couple of years later. I have no idea what happened to him. I haven't seen him. Maybe he was taken aboard a UFO. The day before, we had a fairly pleasant visit with Major Kehoe, the director of NICAP, at a restaurant or something in Luray, Virginia, near the Luray Caverns. And there's no truth to the rumor that Major Kehoe lived in the Luray Caverns. No, but he lived near them, and he was very pleasant to us and uh, treated us with uh, considerable respect. And we were – oh, it was Rick Hilberg, I remember, because Rick is and was, as far as I know, a big pro-military person. So he was very, very uh, uh, respectful of a retired Marine Corps officer, although (laughs) Major Keogh's retirement was – under less than <laughs> optimal circumstances. You know, I'm going to, I want to ask you that. I want to ask you that, but we have to do 11 more segments of the show before we get to it. All right? So let's make a cliffhanger of this. What about the departure of Major Kehoe from the Marines, which occurred, I think, in the 1920s? I mean, we're talking about the 1960s when this occurred. But Major Kehoe, that was it. He was a U.S. Marine Corps major retired We have Alan Greenfield, my old and dear friend and an expert on UFOs and the occult. A lot more to come on the Paracast. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about AquaPail? 
Aquapel from FreezeDryGuy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made Aquapel units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. Aquapel has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it now. Get the world's fastest, safest, and most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources. Aquapel. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast, with Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien is taking the night off. Alan Greenfield joins us, and he mentioned very briefly in the first segment, that Major Kehoe's departure from the Marine Corps was not on the best of terms, maybe? Well, you know, he did continue to use the title USMC RET, uh, United States Marine Corps Retired. And for a middle echelon officer who had was not even serving during World War II, although he did write a relatively prophetic book about World War II before the war started called M-Day. That was unusual. I mean, he wasn't a, a, an admiral or a senior officer. But I do not know this for an absolute fact, but I've heard consistently over the years that he left the Marine Corps, I believe it was in the 1930s, on a Section 8. Now, Section 8 isn't like for poor folks like me getting a, an a, apartment for a really, 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 really low price. It meant that you had uh, emotional problems making you unfit for continued service. So as far as I know, it's an honorable discharge, but it's, it's one under circumstances of 
mental duress. He nevertheless did hold on, obviously, to his classmates at the Naval Academy, and he was an Annapolis graduate because uh, when he took over NICAP, which may or may not have been a hostile takeover in 1957-58, whenever, shortly after it was formed by Townsend Brown, uh, he brought in all of these uh, fairly heavy hitter ex-military people that had been classmates at the um, at the the Naval Academy, including Rear Admiral Hillencotter, who, interestingly enough, was the retired uh, uh, first uh, director of what became the CIA, which, by the way, later, actually before that, before he was on the board of NICAP, the CIA had decided to um, disrupt domestic uh, ufology, civilian investigation, as it might interfere with national security. So NICAP is a story unto itself. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the, I believe there's a current organization that has some loose-knit continuity with, uh, there's a gap of many years with uh, that NICAP. But the the major keyhole, Richard Hall NICAP, uh, was definitely an organization that had far too many ties to the military and uh, indeed kind of sort of encouraged that identification. I mean, they had an address on Connecticut Avenue in D.C. They had a very official sounding name, had very official looking letterhead and all of these uh, titled uh, military people on their board. Of course, their main focus was on ending government censorship of UFOs, which uh, kind of uh, uh, redirected, I almost said misdirected, but that might do. Okay, we'll Uh, go with the redirected or misdirected. But I guess this would be, on the surface, people on the inside or used to be on the inside trying to, from the outside, get the authorities to change their ways. Their perceived ways, yeah. The the perceived secrecy and the perceived uh, um, negative attitude towards the UFO phenomenon. Actually, I think they exaggerated that a lot. I've been prone to say for many years, meaning no no arrogance at all, but perhaps some... uh, some uh, 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 criticism of uh, such military projects as there have been to look into UFOs. I know far about more about UFOs, and so do you, and so do a lot of your listeners than than the Air Force ever knew. And it's a, a mistake to think that this was a high-level project. Uh, for one brief moment, it was turned over to a um, university, the University of Colorado, under Dr. Condon, who also had a very strange history. Um, um, uh, but nevertheless, for the most part, it was an office with three people in it that would you know, take down UFO reports and uh, occasionally send somebody out to investigate something on a very cursory level. I believe they knew nothing. Uh, they had a lot of raw reports, but no more than these days you can get on the internet. Would you regard it maybe as a public relations operation then? Kind of satisfy the populace, say, hey, look, we're investigating these things. We're taking it seriously, except maybe for Captain Edward Ruppelt, because he seemed to have taken it seriously until he wrote a revision to his book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, where he said, no, I don't believe it. Well, um, he was separated from the project for several years when he wrote his revised version, and he died uh, 
he died young, uh, shortly thereafter. So we really don't know the story on those last three chapters. They're totally at variance with the um, with the um, um, earlier version of the of the report on UFOs, which is a a, um, a, a good book, and I think one of the first good books on the subject. Uh, the last three chapters are a are short. They're quick debunk, and they're based on uh, very faulty information. Um, I, I, uh, Kehoe said that he had been pressured, and that had caused his death. But um, there's no way for me to know one way or the other on that, except that uh, I rather doubt that. I think that it was just a, an afterthought, and maybe he had gotten a lot of laughter from his uh, uh, fellow retired officers and decided to um, – uh, simply take sides on it. The the uh, original conclusion was only time will tell, and of course, in a certain sense, that's still true. But I don't think the uh, it gives you a little insight into what the Air Force was doing, and it wasn't very much. They investigated uh, cases that made headlines, and uh, the cases that made headlines are not always the ones that are the most interesting or the most evidential, and uh, and. Uh, the Blue Book files, which it's not too much trouble to get into, are just report files. Most private UFO uh, investigators, even if they're not group affiliated, have a filing cabinet full or, or <laughs> a few uh, me- megabytes or perhaps a gigabyte or two of information on UFOs that uh, probably exceeds any of that that the Air Force developed in the uh, however long it was from Project Grudge to the end of Blue Book. And as for a secret project after Blue Book, not in the Air Force. It doesn't exist, hasn't existed. Well, let's look back at our theorizing, because we're kind of framing the UFO field. The conventional wisdom is that if UFOs were real, they were then we used the term interplanetary because we thought in terms of planetary systems within our own solar system. Now, of course, when we think of UFOs from space, it's Tau Ceti, it's wherever. It's not the star system. Okay, so we looked at that, and then you look at this book, and it all came together. No, maybe UFOs are from another place, but that place may be very close to us, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the um, when I look back on that period, and I would say I was pro-ETH uh, extraterrestrial hypothesis, until around 1965 or 66, when I asked myself an obvious question, which is, why? We'll answer why after do the break. With Alan Greenfield on the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors. Meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible. To run and organize, use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. 
GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators. Freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22-cubic-foot deep freezer. In stock and ready to ship anywhere. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com also stocks a full line of solar-powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Ben'sDiscountSupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Ben'sDiscountSupply.com for camping, home, or bug-out location. Bank on Ben'sDiscountSupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker weakened by gmos stressed out about money and blasted by the electric environment Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned in to the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have Alan Greenfield joining us. Chris O'Brien is taking the night off for the holidays, and we hope he has a pleasant evening. 
We're talking to Alan Greenfield, someone I've known for a number of years, a very close friend, and we're talking about our past and how it relates to the UFO field. And I think it's good to bring this up, Alan, because of the fact that today most people who study UFOs are still living with that 50s mentality. They're from outer space. The government has a secret. Let's go on with your theorizing. Well, can I comment on that first? I, I think that that sure. is true. And I think that that is misdirection in the sense that it may even be intentional misdirection from who or what, uh, I think, is a more complex question. Because no UFO has ever been seen to go from one planet to another. In fact, we have the, the only UFOs on Mars, which was the original pre presumptive origin of, of UFOs, are, are our own uh, 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 probes on Mars, which are finding very interesting information. And you mentioned in the last segment in passing Tau Ceti, well, that was... That's a relatively close star as these things go, not an, a billion light years away. I think it's, what, nine, ten light years, as something that is beyond our technology today, but perhaps with one or two technological breakthroughs would not be beyond our, our technology. They've just discovered an uh, Earth-like planet uh, with uh, somewhat more mass than the Earth, but plausibly a place of, of origin for the um, of life as we know it. I'm a bit troubled by the life as we know it uh, turn of phrase, too. There's probably a lot of life as we don't know it. But in any case... Well, they're trying to make it easy here. Okay, okay, so life as we know it, and it's 12 light years away to be precise. But, you know, when it's 10 light years, a couple of light years extra, doesn't matter. No, and, and, and if the universe is as some... Uh, some theoreticians would have it, it might not make any difference if it was 10 light years or 10 million light years. It depends on uh, the way space-time is actually constructed and, and how it can or cannot be worked with. But the point is UFOs consistently throughout the history of UFOs have been closely associated with the Earth. They've either been seen them and their alleged inhabitants or their uh, beings associated with them, such as the men in black, the, uh, the little, almost never green men, uh, the, little, the little hairy people, whatever. Any, any of these grays uh, of, of reptilians, they're always seen on the earth or just above the earth. So why, I ask myself, would we leap to the conclusion that they come from somewhere else in space? Why not somewhere else in A, time, or B, dimensionality? And part of that was formed by the aforementioned book, uh, the, the, the Incomplete Enchanter, written for fun but postulating the existence of alternate realities. At the time, the idea was possible within certain aspects of theoretical physics. 
also in terms of uh, certain mathematical uh, uh, theories that had existed for a very long time, even predating theoretical physics. Witness uh, Abbott's, Edwin Abbott's famous book, Flatland, which, by the way, you can get for free in a PDF format on the Internet from many different sources. Uh, and that goes back to the 1890s, I believe, but certainly somewhere right around then, long before relativity or theoretical physics uh, as we now know it, uh, indicating that um, anyway, there are increasing indications that such realities actually exist. And by the time we were doing our get-togethers, uh, I, I didn't have any any of the uh, materials that we could now bring forward in support of that sort of idea of, a, of an alternate reality such as uh, uh, the M-brain version of, of, of uh, that's B-R-A-N-E, not <laughs> the living brain, 1956. Uh, but uh, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, but as in as in a membrane, M brain, that is that the universe consists well, universes, omniverse consists of many different membranes that intersect and intertwine and maybe no more than uh, well, space probably has no meaning, but let's just say a silly millimeter apart and in and each one the rules of physics are different and in each one there may be a consistent internal set of rules of physics or chaos may rule you there's there's no way of knowing without going there and you may have dinosaurs walking through your room right now in fact there are are, are noted uh, physicists like Michio Kaku who say yeah you do but uh, you, under ordinary circumstances we are unaware of that the incomplete enchanter was a fictional method for trans porting oneself from one to the other, and I uh, introduced, I guess I introduced you to the book and, and any number of our friends of that period, uh, David Halpern, Tim Beckley, and the usual gang of idiots, as we, as we say. Some took to it right away. Some took to their own version, the late Jim Mosley, God rest his soul, whether, whether he believed or not, and uh, uh, um, uh, took he had his own version called the three and a half D theory, which, like anything from Jim, had a sort of amusing meaning, meaning as well as a um, 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 serious meaning. But um, essentially, the notion that there may be something about UFOs and adjacent uh, paranormal phenomena that pop in and out of our reality, and may also be an explanation for why a lot of uh, abductees never come back. Uh, we do have an enormous number of people um, who simply disappear over the years, and uh, that seems to be either ignored or taken for granted, but maybe they walk into otherwhere. There are cases of people who have been seen to, you know, once. Well, the other question would be then what about people who walk from there to here? Well, that seems to happen also. There are people who come with no memory, no, uh, no, uh, and they are people. That's significant too. The, um, I suppose throughout history, and if any of this uh, theorizing is correct, it wouldn't be new. It would be something that has always been true. We may have wandered here as a as a um, 
type of being from uh, one of these other dimensions and uh, interbred with uh, primitive but compatible beings of the same general sort because they come from an adjacent reality and become who we are, which would explain the disappearance of uh, some of the alternatives that have been pondered a lot. Did we kill off the Neanderthals or did we interbreed with them or did they die out? Or what about the... um, the um, uh, 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 Cro-Magnon, who seemed to have had larger brain pans than uh, uh, the Homo sapiens, um, why they didn't become the uh, the dominant? Maybe there was some sort of uh, interbreeding. I think there's always been interaction, but it's perceived as religious miracles and psychic phenomena. And indeed, those, those, those terms would be as good as any other, but I'm trying to look at what kind of underlying hyper-science might be involved. And here we might be dealing with not one, but an infinite number of alternate realities, some of which, by the way, contain our own duplicates. And uh, Okay, and that's even an interesting story in itself. It's bred some fascinating science fiction, you know, where you meet up with your alternate even in the TV series Fringe, you had two different versions of just about every character, or though some survived in one reality, but not in another. We're talking about realities, other realities. With Alan Greenfield, you're in the PowerCast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Attention, this is an announcement for our listeners who drive gasoline vehicles. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that there is now an automotive accessory that exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. Consumer Protection has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with an accessory called Platinum 22. To find out if Platinum 22 will give your vehicle 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me correctly, 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that the Platinum 22 accessory will deliver 22% more miles per gallon to most gasoline vehicles. You should pick up the phone and call 1-800-LESS-GAS to find out if it will help your vehicle. That's 1-800-LESSGAS. 1-800-LESSGAS. 22% more miles per gallon. 1-800-LESS-GAS. 
HempUSA.org has a newly designed website and a new and improved detoxification product. Order our new Microplant Powder Gold loaded with vitamins, minerals, iodine, and probiotics, and we'll send you our travel-size Microplant Powder absolutely free. Microplant Powder only at HempUSA.org. Call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. And see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. Only this offer ends January 31st. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, and Investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs. They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful natural and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also, exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We have Alan Greenfield joining us in the Paracast this week. Chris O'Brien's taking the night off, and we're focusing on an alternative viewpoint, alternate reality theory for UFOs and other phenomena. And we were talking here about the possibility that in this other reality or in other realities, there's another Alan Greenfield. There's another Gene Steinberg, heaven forbid. There's another Chris O'Brien. There's maybe a Jim Mosley who's still alive. Oh, yeah. that's uh, uh, the, the notion is in in-brain theory, and again, that's capital M for people who want to look it up on the internet, with a dash and B-R-A-N-E. Start with the Wikipedia article if you don't, you know, if you don't follow theoretical physics, and it pretty well explains it, and just do whatever level of follow-through you care to. Uh, Some people are now saying that some of the experiments being done at uh, the CERN atom smasher or whatever they're calling it these days with the expense involved in Switzerland uh, throws off the supersymmetry idea, which goes back to square one and kind of kills all variations of string theory, including in brain theory. However, I, I've looked at that and I, I think that uh, <laughs> all it means is there's yet another piece to a very, very complex puzzle that uh, like UFOs, we may come to an understanding of what we can understand and what we can't understand, but we may never come to a resolution. It just isn't 
uh, like the uh, the Big Bang and the question of what was it like a second before the Big Bang, it's a non-question, and we may we may just have to reconcile our our curious ape minds to that. After all, we just stepped out of the trees in in terms of geological time and biological time, for that matter, a few seconds ago, and the notion that we we comprehend or are capable of comprehending everything about the nature of reality is a, <laughs> the Greeks would call it hubris, and I think that's as good a term as any. Now, at the same time, while we were talking about alternate realities, John Keel was talking about ultra-terrestrials, but they weren't necessarily beings from another reality, were they? I thought he was talking about pretty much the same thing, yes. Uh, my opinion, first of all, the late Jim Mosley was so anxious to introduce me to this guy. Uh, Jim and I spent the great expense of long distance in those days, but in those days we were both well-to-do, or to put it more uh, candidly, uh, my father was well-to-do and I was living at home, and Jim was well-to-do. We he was well-to-do our... by virtue of a trust fund from his mom. Well, the point being that we both we both eventually we, we it, it, I thought he was fabulously wealthy at the time, and I think he thought I was fabulously wealthy. As it turned out, we we both started out our adult lives with about the same amount of money in trust funds, you know. And um, I ran out at forty and had to <laughs> uh, work warehouse work and and other better things than that, but. Uh, he didn't quite outlive his uh, um, wealth, which was something he was afraid of doing. Uh, that had a lot to do with his many grandchildren, which he was very conscientious about, given that they had dropped into existence here, there, and otherwise. But I think this probably <laughs> – we'll do the bad Jim Mosley thing a year from now, okay? <laughs> I, think, I don't want to badger Jim Mosley. He meant well, too much I, to me. But, you know, I'll criticize him because I think – you know, sometimes well, he did some really that. foolish things, meant, but meant we all did. There, there are there are all all kinds of interesting and funny Jim Mosley stories. It's probably too soon to tell because they're fairly intimate. But all the people involved are dead, so, so it's okay too. I'm back to I John to, Keel and Jim Mosley and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mosley took to talking for hours on end about how perceptive this guy was. At the time, I didn't know him from a sack of salt, but um, he mentioned a, a book that he'd written. Some people say Keel had no sense of humor. He had written a book about the Batman craze, which you and I were deeply involved in. In fact, we spent all night at a theater watching a 1940s Batman serial one night, I remember, in the... Uh, do you recall that? Uh, we Yes, I do, and I thought how bad they were. Then, when they had the TV show with Adam West and Burt Ward, at the end of each episode, you and I would call each other and talk about it. Yeah, well, exactly. So, I mean, we so, had no sense, folks, at all. Well, I'm, I'm rather fond of the Republic era. era. Uh, it, you have to dumb down for it. I, I would call it popcorn movies, not, you know... But, I uh, loved movie serials, but some were done so badly. They had a couple on Superman, and in both cases, there were no flying scenes. They simply used a cartoon. They were that cheap. And then you had 1941, and that was another movie we saw the entire movie. I don't know if you were with me or some other people. Captain Marvel, where they had some pretty decent flying scenes, and probably until the 70s with Superman the movie, 
Captain Marvel was probably the best superhero movie. Well, I think they were aimed at eight-year-olds, and uh, I, I watched some of those on TV when I was eight years old, and th- they were inspiring for an eight-year-old. You know, and you get older, uh, what was it that Jules Pfeiffer said about comic books, spoiled by growing up? Um, but in any case, let me get back to uh, so I'm getting interested in this guy, Keel, and I, uh, Jim tells me that he's doing an autograph party for his book on the on Batman, which is a, a, a comic satire. I've never seen the book, but I did look him up, and he had written one of those men's magazine-type adventure books with an occult twist called Jadu, which is coming out again, by the way. I am informed by Nick Redfern uh, just today which is, I'm sure, quasi-fictional, but also probably involves some of his traveling around the world. Anyway, I did want to meet this guy. And one New Year's, Jim conned him into coming over to my hotel room at the Hilton, which overlooked Times Square, so I didn't have to go down and mingle with the masses to watch the ball come down. And uh, Mingling with the masses is a no-no. Well, I don't know. It probably would have been a bit more fun if I'd done mingling, but that was that was the way I thought back then. In any case, we had very good times, and there was one, one year where we went out. But anyway, I'll get to that in a moment. Major thing is, Keel impressed the bejesus out of me. I mean, he had this voice, and he sounded like, no matter what he said, I'll never forget the line where he said, and this was in a speech that he gave here in Atlanta for for the local UFO group, which I was a macher in. Macher is uh, Chinese for uh, important poison. Uh, <laughs> in any case, um, uh, he said, at the UN, the lights went out, and at the same time, a phone booth in Virginia blew up. And the way Keel would say that, you would go, oh, yeah. Well, what, what has one got to do with the other? Keel could make anything sound mysterious. I talked to Alan Greenfield, and he was impressed. <laughs> well, he was right. But he started to use this term, which he wrote this great big book, which wound up being four different books because uh, the publisher just wouldn't do this huge thousand-page Operation Trojan Horse. So it wound up being three more uh, books in that cycle, and he threw in the Mothman cycle as a separate thing, which turned out to be his most lucrative and best-known uh, if not best work, but he used the term ultra-terrestrial as opposed to extraterrestrial. And I had extensive discussions with him and correspondence with him, and as far as I can tell, he was talking about the same thing that Valet meant by Magonia. Uh, um, by ultra-terrestrial, he meant, and by alternate realities, I mean, you mean... Uh, Jim Mosley used the term three and a half D. It just sort of reflects our diversity as as not being uh, conformist or, or knee-jerk uh, followers of anything. Basically, we're talking about uh, a universe which consists of more than one uh, static reality that moves from past to present to future. There is the 
11 other parallel worlds uh, in in-brain theory, and there's also a variation of that, which is that there are an infinite number of worlds depending on each decision that each consciousness makes, consciousness being the basis of reality, changes things. In other words, I've been married four times. And, you know, that's a good place to leave this because I don't know if I should envy you or pity you. Pity me. Okay, Alan Greenfield joining me. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I stopped. Alan Greenfield says he was married four times, and we're not going to get into all the ramifications of that. But he's here joining me on the Paracast, and we're talking about John Keel. He had one of those voices and the kind of delivery where he says something. You believe it. Doesn't matter if he's making it up. You believe him. In a certain sense, uh, he was kind of like... um Gray Barker, um, who in a sense was a rival of his over the, particularly the Mothman material, but uh, they were both 
yarn spinners and storytellers. There's a difference between a West Virginia uh, Gray Barker type yarn spinner and storyteller because they are in the true old American mythos type of Paul Bunyan uh, sort of uh, tradition. John Keel came out of the um, fantasies of men's magazines of the 1940s and 50s where uh, my favorite image is the man marooned on the island that all of the inhabitants were Amazonian women lusting after men. You know, that's the <laughs> there must have been thousands of stories that uh, were ver- uh, variations on that uh, theme in Argosy Saga and and other magazines of that sort. They were not smutty magazines by today's standards, but they were considered such back then. They also had some articles on relatively serious material. Keel was a bit more of a serious writer than, than a lot of the people that wrote for those magazines. I think Actually, now that I think about it, Jim Mosley had a thing on treasure hunting in one of those magazines way, way back, if I remember right. But uh, You do remember correctly. Yes. In any case, um, Keel would uh, give little portions of, of what eventually became this series of books, all of which was material probably written at the same time with the exception of the Mothman material, which was essentially the notion that uh, UFOs were – a kind of a deception for something much larger than even the notion, as big as it is, of visitations from extraterrestrials, that is, beings from other planets in the known universe. And that's probably accounts for the name, Operation Trojan Horse. That is, uh, it's uh, perceived as a gift or a uh, fantasy, but it actually contains Greek-sparing gifts, and those gifts are not too kindly if one happens to be a Trojan. And heaven knows America is filled with Trojans these days. Okay, now the you're not going to touch that line, are you? I well, I'm going to leave it. Sometimes you know it's better to let a line drop, and it dropped. They could become your sponsor. Hey. On the other hand. I don't put them on my hand, but that's not important right now. Go on. Go on. All right. Now, when we did the memorial show for John Keel, the suggestion was made very much that he had some very interesting ideas, but maybe his research was a little bit wanting. Did you have Jerry Clark or somebody like that on the show? I think that's fair. Okay. Look. I think Keel's research, his field research, with one flaw, and I'll I'll get to that. His field research was honest, was thorough, and he was more of a real reporter than virtually any of the people who dignify themselves with the term ufologist, as if there were some particular field of expertise that qualifies one to call oneself a ufologist. That annoys me beyond all words. What, what makes a ufologist? That you're an astrophysicist, that you're a physicist, that you're a, an amateur in the true sense of the word, that is one who is interested for the love of it, that one is a credulous believer, that one is a, 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 a militant skeptic. 
what are the qualifications? Well, one of the qualifications has to be an inquiring reporter who has a sense of adventure. And that is precisely the credential that John, John Keel approached this with. Where his credulity came in, and you can see it a bit in the movie version of the Mothman Prophecies, are the phone calls. Because you and I know that we had two friends now gone on to their much-deserved rewards who were prone to imbibe a little herb and much brew and pick up the phone and mythologize. They did it with me during a citywide skywatch, and I actually recorded the thing, and they told me later it was them. Um, it was very well done. But, you know, I was skeptical about it uh, enough to get my tape recorder turned on about halfway through it and then listen to it and decide that it was something – I wasn't sure that it was them, but it was something that was done with electronica-type stuff that was rare at the time but which, you know, is very easy to come by right now. In fact, if we get really bad feedback on this, <laughs> we'll sound exactly like the uh, – phone call sounded. And these two gentlemen, Mr. Barker and Mr. Mosley, uh, I think in each their own way were very serious about what they were doing, but they also had a good sense of humor and they were good pranksters. And Keel, in the middle of really, really strange stuff going on in West Virginia and uh, uh, um, I believe on Long Island in in New York and uh, other things that he investigated firsthand, which I think were quite as genuine as your own uh, brief experience with a, quote, man in black, unquote. That is, can't tell what it is, but it certainly isn't something that uh, one would expect. Doesn't fit the pattern of the regular day-to-day -day, uh, uh, CNN universe. He could easily be freaked out by these uh, uh, phone calls with strange messages and hang-ups and who would find his phone number that he'd only given to trusted friends, which, of course, included... <laughs> Mosley and Barker. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think those things we can consider to be, in at least the vast majority of instances, things that Keel took seriously because he didn't think that they would do something like that, whereas those of us who were on more intimate terms with them assumed that if a couple of years went by and they didn't do something like that, that they were, you know, something was wrong. Of course, there's the intriguing, I always go back to it, uh, you, you have apparently, uh, the last time we talked about it, switched a little bit, but you were the, my original source on this, the Wanaku Reservoir thing. Now, I know you went out and investigated it, but you had told me at the time, and my memory is, oh, so crystal clear, and I probably even have it taped somewhere. I taped everything back in those days. We, we taped far too much stuff, but you told me on the phone long distance that Jim had gotten really, really drunk one night, and I guess you were at his apartment or at, uh, maybe at the Saucer News office. It was at his apartment, and your memory is correct. I don't think I denied it. I think that Jim well, did indeed make a phone call, a hoax phone call to the police in that area somewhat before the actual sightings occurred. That was the day before. They started the day after... The uh, the sighting started the day after 
he made the drunken phone call, which he was so drunk that in later years, he denied actually happening. We both confronted him on a program a couple of years ago, I remember. And That's right. I, I got you to back me up because he said, no, I didn't do that. And you were there, you know, and, and I was counting on your memory because I would suspect you were cold sober and he was uh, uh, stoned out of his mind on one or another or several substances. Just That's to my- mention so people understand about my personality. I have never had a taste for alcohol. It doesn't mean that I have not taken substances, but those substances were not alcohol. I tried it a few times with one particular girlfriend who said, why don't you try this? And I said, okay. But after we broke up, it was a very short relationship. I never got into it again. People don't believe me. They're listening. Oh, this Steinberg's probably drunk when he does this show. No, he's not. But we're happy to have Alan Greenfield. We're talking about... The research of John Keel, how it relates to possible alternate realities and other stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors. Meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible. To run and organize, use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 Preparedness is simple. When you have the right stuff, and with the looming threat of economic collapse and possible service interruption, it's time to get the best-in-class preparedness stuff at DisasterStuff.com. DisasterStuff.com has been serving smart preppers for over 15 years with quality products like Berkey water filters. DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. And as always, free shipping on all Berkey products. Stock up on water barrels and accessories. Get Country Living or Wonder Mill grain mills. Excalibur food dehydrators. Tatler reusable canning lids. Sun oven solar cookers. EMP bags to protect sensitive electronics. 
and don't be without your life straw personal water filter all from disasterstuff.com preparedness is simple with the right stuff from disasterstuff.com freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility if you owe the irs back taxes listen carefully Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast this week, Alan Greenfield joins us. Chris O'Brien took the night off. But with Alan Greenfield... Around, I will never take the night off because I always enjoy our conversations. In fact, I miss those conversations. He's been on the Paracast a few times by himself, but usually with other guests, but we have them all to ourselves this time, and we could listen. Now, do we assume at all here that some of those phone calls, some, I don't know if all, some of those phone calls that Keel received were from those two people, but maybe not all? Well, they could have all been from them, but here's... Wouldn't he uh, know? He's a smart guy. He was a smart guy. He should have known this. Well, this is the way I see it, and of course you can take it for what it's worth. The whole Mothman, uh, Men in Black, really intense period in the, uh, we'll just say the late 1960s, was really, really weird, Gene. I mean, those of us who did any on-scene investigation, it was weirder than most of this stuff. It was more like a a serious ghost hunt than it was like your classical uh, UFO investigation. I've been on both, and I can tell you it had this sort of evil undertone to it. Maybe evil is too strong a term. Let's just say uh, dark undertone, unpleasant undertone. And I think enough of that, you start to get, if you're not very careful, you start to get either extremely skeptical in self-defense or you start to get extremely gullible because you've seen so many dark, wondrous things that if something dark and (laughs) fraudulent takes place, you're going to be more inclined to credit it than you would be otherwise. I think all the calls may have been from Jim and or Gray, but there is one thing that puzzles me, and I'll leave it at at this. Some of them were to numbers that he had changed his phone to 
that is Keel, in order to get some peace because he was actually on the verge of a nervous breakdown, which I believe he had, actually, if I recall correctly. I mean, it really broke him down. He was trying to avoid this, and he changed his number, and before the number was, was changed properly, as sort of reflected in the movie, you know, he'd be getting another call from Indrid Cold or, or from, you name it, creatures with no names and, and mumbling sounds and strange noises. And a lot of them, uh, especially the ones that happened in, in motels in, in West Virginia, I think were from, uh, probably had a Clarksburg <laughs> Uh, area code but uh, the ones where he had changed his number and so forth i think that uh one can overstate the the likelihood that those were from uh jim or 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 gray uh my guess if i had to come down is somehow or other they got a hold of the new number they got uh just like they got the their their stationary for the famous straight letter hoax through one of their circuitous routes it's entirely possible that they they got the number. My guess is those calls were genuine paranormal phenomena, but um, it's impossible to know. Most of the phenomena that Keel reported on, though, as far as I've been ever ever been able to tell, are perfectly genuine and are confirmed by uh, many other sources, including some that are contemporary that have sort of gone back over the same turf and found confirmation even in far more recent uh, in instances because while it's not as anywhere nearly as intense as it was in the late 1960s uh, it's nevertheless these things do occasionally happen in those same areas and seem to involve for example the one time I actually had an experience with a man in black was in West Virginia I took the, the the guy's picture I would never have mentioned it if I hadn't had literally a dozen witnesses to this person being there and and a sudden brave urge to go out and confront this guy and take a picture of him and then he disappeared around the corner and disappeared but I've had uh, recent confirmation of this same guy showing up in in much more recent times and uh, looking the same. And at the time, he looked like a pasty-faced, sort of put-together 20-year-old. And you take the – that was, I think, 1969 – if I remember correctly, the Charleston, West Virginia National UFO Conference, you'd have to look it up, 68 or 69. He wouldn't be 20 years old now. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> we all look different. And uh, so the, the notion that somebody like that could show up in the 21st century is really, really weird. And yet that's from a uh, very reliable source for this sort of material. So um, uh, this is very strange stuff. Now, one of the theories, of course, that Keel presented was that of ultra-terrestrials, kind of an alternate reality thing. But he also said that God was a computerized intelligence and one not always sane. And when I think of what he said in one of his books, I then consider the movie series The Matrix trilogy, okay, where our reality was basically run by computers. And the goal, of course, was to awaken the populace and give them their freedom. And now there's a story that came out the other day suggesting that our universe is nothing more than a computer simulation, somebody's video game. 
Well, computer simulation, I don't know about game. Uh, I don't think The Matrix was perceived as a game. It was perceived, if you watched all three films... I didn't say a game. It was a functioning computerized reality where people were basically in stasis experiencing their life mentally. Right. That doesn't mean that that is the ultimate reality. That's just another stage up. And in fact, at the very very end of the third movie, you get a very Gnostic uh, spiritual interpretation very easily lends itself to that, that this, uh, that one can ascend to an area of consciousness that is greater than, than even that which is within the matrix. Because anytime you talk about a, um, and by the way, I think that is a very serious idea. I even tend to sort of subscribe to it, although I think we always are taking whatever technology we have and projecting it onto uh, other beings. And when we come up with a new technology, then we project that onto them, you know, rockets in the 1940s and, uh, and computers now. Um, I think there, one must assume that there will be uh, technologies that exceed the technology that we now have just by the momentum of history. But, of course, there's always the question, even assuming that it is a program, who is the ultimate programmer and who programmed the programmer? I, I think talking about that as being an ultimate god is kind of missing the point. Philip K. Dick, uh, my favorite author, uh, wrestled with that idea uh, throughout his uh, career and in his <laughs> parallel life as a writer of, uh, of serious nonfiction that has only recently been uh, much of it published as the exegesis, which I recommend only to people that have read a lot of his, quote, fiction, unquote. We'll get into Philip K. Dick and so much more with Alan Greenfield joining Gene. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? More important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. We have witnessed two terrible storms in the east, but we are still in the eye of the perfect storm. The most devastating economic condition since the Great Depression. America's worst drought in agricultural history. And now the economic results of the presidential election. This perfect storm is a huge threat to everyone's food supply. I just doubled down and got even more supplies from eFoods Direct, and I recommend you do the same. It's time to get your own supply from eFoods Direct. 
I know I won't be standing in a bread line trading my freedom for food. I'm taking control of my future. And you're nuts if you don't do the same. Go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the specials. And you can start with a holiday gift pack that's normally $80, now under 50 bucks. Remember, I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Would you rather prepare six months too early or one day too late? 409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Check out StunGunMikes.com. They specialize in home and business security, family safety, and personal protection. At StunGunMikes.com, they have everything from mace pepper sprayers to cell phone stun guns and everything in between. Visit www.StunGunMikes.com for all your security needs. We even ship your products the very next day. That's www.StunGunMikes.com for real spy gear, real security, and awesome gadgets. Are you looking for a great one-of-a-kind gift idea? Then look no further than www.dafgadgets.com. They have radio control planes, helicopters, buggies, cars, and more. How about an insane horse head pillowcase, MP3 accessories, or even an iPhone 5 wallet case? Visit www.dafgadgets.com and be sure to check out their featured gadgets page. Shipping is only $9.99 and is shipped within seven days or less. Check out www.daftgadgets.com today. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. On the Paracast, we're joined by Alan Greenfield, longtime UFO and occult researcher, and we're talking about the works of Philip K. Dick, and they've made so many movies of the things that he wrote. Of course, there are two versions of Total Recall now, the original Arnold Schwarzenegger version, which plays havoc with one's reality in a sense, and a new version. Alan? Well, let me, as a uh, almost lifelong, that is from the 19, late 1950s on, uh, reader of uh, Phil Dick's work and great admirer of his all the way up to the only recently published uh, private journals of, of, of his ideas about the nature of reality and the nature of the universe, which I would say is spiritual, Gnostic, Christian, and way beyond uh, anything that uh, most of his contemporaries were doing. Very thoughtful stuff, but meaningless if you haven't read at least his best um, fiction. Uh, 
I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, help me along here. Okay, so talking about reality. Oh, 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 oh. I was talk- going to talk about the movies. Okay. Uh, I was going to disagree with you on that. Uh, um, well, actually, I actually didn't is- make an agreement. I just mentioned two of the movies. Yes, well, but most of the movies that – the first movie that was made based on anything that Philip K. Dick wrote was Blade Runner. and right. uh, And Blade Runner – uh, angered him privately, uh, and he died before it actually came out. But he had written some really um, – he felt very, very compromised by it. And anyone who has read the book that it is sort of a um, a thread from the book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is a very profound title to begin with. Well, the one thing uh, to mention before you go on, and that is I gather he was never happy – or rarely happy with the way they made movies of his various books. Well, no, there's no way to know that because he died before any movies were made of his books, except he saw an early cut of Blade Runner. Uh, he died that that year, the year that Blade Runner came out, and before the movie actually had come out as a uh, public uh, thing. But they wanted was him that to- more of his family then who objected? I, I'm not sure if his family has objected, but what's been uh, because they have they have permitted uh, a number of his short stories to be turned into uh, a movies, and I think that they're very entertaining movies, and his short stories are not that difficult to um, uh, turn into films because they usually only contain one novel idea, no pun intended. But the novels in general have not been turned into the, into films and uh, none of his really important novels uh, like uh, Ubik or The Man in the High Castle or most of all Vallis have ever been uh, brought to the silver screen as we used to call it. Vallis has been in pre-production forever but it's a very very difficult uh, uh, thing to to put into a a film version and they may even recut it as uh, a, a posthumously published book which we really don't even know if he ever wanted published called uh, Radio Free Albemuth. The point being that his his work is far more complex than the movies. Uh, a Total Recall is based on a short story. Uh, Screamers is based on a short story. The Adjustment Bureau is based on a short story um, and on and on. The only other book that uh, has ever been turned into a film was a very, very weird film. Uh, uh, let's see if I can think of the name. It was all done in rotoscope. Uh, had Keanu Reeves in it. Uh, but uh, oh, help me here. Um, I'm sorry, you're on your own here. I can't think what movie you're talking about. Uh, a Scanner Darkly is the name of it. Okay, I remember. And that's the only other book that was during his uh, anti-drug uh, phase. By the way, you were mentioning, you know, what you've done, what you haven't done. I used to get drunk at UFO conventions once a year, got sick, disappeared for a day. And uh, in the Mosley lexicon, that became known as pulling a green field. There were actually two reasons for that. One was if I got drunk, I was sick for 24 hours and spent time worshiping at the porcelain bowl the other is i was trying very hard to be an orthodox jew and i disappeared on 
from Friday night sunset till Saturday night sunset because I wouldn't do the convention at that time. But I never told anyone until right at this moment or either one of those things. But I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm a straight edge, and I encourage others to do so but condemn none for experimenting with whatever they think is best. Just keeping in mind that when I'm around people who are uh, dopers or drinkers and I'm straight edge, I feel like I'm at the advantage and they're at the disadvantage. They tend to believe everything and I tend to look at things sort of in a balanced way. Even when they're off, it's like if they're, if they're regular imbibers, it seems to increase credulity. Okay, let's, let's really segue here. Get back to Philip K. Dick. How do his writings impact on our studies of other dimensions, other realities, other systems of our framework of our existence? He thought that reality was a sliding scale and that essentially it was very, very difficult, if not impossible, to determine what is and is not reality. In that sense, he may have anticipated uh, the philosophical school of deconstructionism. Uh, he had definite ideas about um, what ultimate reality was all about, which he thought was some sort of pure consciousness that uh, uh, took many, many different forms and that you could conveniently call God. But uh, at times he thought of it in the same way that you mentioned with Keel as a uh, computer and possibly a mad computer entity somewhat similar to the Gnostic uh, Demiurgos, the, the notion of this uh, being that is less than God but has the hubris to think that it is God. Um, in Flatland, it's called the point being, which uh, thinks that it is the only thing that really exists. But um, uh, his his view was that there was consciousness and love at the center of being, and that that took on many forms and many manifestations, but they could, they were very changeable. They were in, very malleable. And I am saying this, and my inner voice is saying to me at the same time, you ain't doing it justice, Alan. And I'm not. It, the, the only way to go about it, if, if, you're, if you're familiar with his works, you get some idea of this. If you're familiar with his, his uh, the, the, the corpus of his better novels, and then go on to read uh, uh, at least the Vallis trilogy, and uh, uh, which was at the very end of his life. The last of them uh, was not even a science fiction book. It was uh, mainstream fiction uh, called The Transmigration of Timothy Archer and was about his relationship with a um, – um, with his bishop, um, um, Bishop Pike, who was quite famous and a very, um, you know, a, uh, uh, an outstanding person in the civil rights movement uh, who died under tragic circumstances, as a lot of the great civil rights leaders did, although his was a somewhat different, uh, different death. You know, what we should do here, since we're mentioning movies in relationship to Philip K. Dick, there is a question about movies from one of our regular listeners, Blowfish, where he asks, and it's a different kind of movie, and I'll pose the question in this segment, and then we'll go to our next segment and have you answer it. We do have a few questions from our listeners. All your thoughts on coming new Star Trek movies compared to the older versions, and I guess 
that is an alternate reality kind of thing where they reinvented Star Trek, but Star Trek happens in an altered universe because of what the Romulans had done. We all know what happened there. So your reaction to that? We have Alan Greenfield joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg, and of course, you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors. Meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. You land in Buenos Aires, then a shuttle to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers. Top rental guns with scopes. All food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more. All more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at goldenstagsafaris.com. The big game hunting ranch. goldenstagsafaris.com. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. So it's off to Grandma's house for the holidays, eh? <laughs> That's great. But while you're going over the river and through the woods, professional burglars are choosing easy targets to break into. Don't be an easy target. Plug in Fake TV. 
Fool criminals into believing someone's home at your house watching TV. Fake TV works a bit like a light on a timer, but fake TV is far more convincing. Fake TV plugs into any outlet and simulates the light and colors of a real TV. Burglars will likely move on to easier targets and leave your house alone. Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift. Or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Live long and prosper, because Alan Greenfield's among us, and one of our listeners, I don't know why they asked this question, but I'll raise it again. So the first question, Alan, is, were you a Trekkie, or are you a Trekkie? No, I was a main, what they would call an SF fan in, in the days of the first Star Trek. And we kind of looked down on the Trekkies. In fact, the term Trekkie was a pejorative. Uh, to show how far back in that area I go, we had a guy in Southern fandom, that is, people who were interested in science fiction and comics and other things of that sort, there was a guy whose nickname was Trekkie because he was the only one. And, of course, that exploded it uh, into a very big thing. In retrospect, uh, I consider the, uh, the original Star Trek to be a real gem in terms of the relative order of science fiction on television uh, and its subsequent reincarnations as Next Generations and Deep Space Nine, etc., etc., uh, all have uh, a lot of merit, but I consider them to be kind of future, idealistic, nuts and bolts science fiction. I must say, after Gene Roddenberry passed away, it's it became more of war in space and less of uh, the idealistic uh, reflection of uh, international cooperation and non-intervention, something we could learn a lot from uh, in terms of Afghanistan, Iraq, and other horror stories of the modern world. Well, the other uh, thing, of course, is that Star Trek also was a money-making machine. Well, Therefore, they made the series hoping they get seven years out of each one, which didn't happen with Star Trek Enterprise, but that's another story. All right, so the original Star Trek, the concept I get here is after Gene Roddenberry died, it, shall we say, altered the concept a little bit. All right. A lot, I would say. Okay, um, so the concept is altered. It's not what maybe 100% of what Roddenberry had expected or anticipated or envisioned in his Star Trek concept. And, of course, he was around during the first years of Next Generation. Don't know if he died before that series ended or after. So we have after. a new generation here. Now, I'll give you one comment about the new generation of Star Trek, and that is they took advantage of their budget because... In almost every scene, you see people running all over the ship. You know, it's a huge spaceship, the Enterprise. So how do you show how huge it is? You have people running. Oh, for the level of, first of all, it didn't get really good breaks from the network, which I think was NBC. Um, so with what they You're talking about the original Star Trek as opposed to the J.J. Abrams movie. Go ahead. 
Yeah, right. Uh, the the movies I'm not as familiar with. I uh, have seen, I would say, spottily um, the majority of them, but they none of them struck me as – they all struck me as um, technically bigger and better, but bigger and better is not always better. And I don't think you really have better science fiction until the – reimagined Battlestar Galactica, which I absolutely loved and thought that was took a uh, really dorky 1970s science fiction project and turned it into something that was the, the kind of science fiction I generally like best, which is a way of looking at our own world from a removed vantage point and thus seeing our virtues and our flaws in the best possible light. But that's still mostly a nuts and bolts approach. And uh, in general, um, although they had, they, they touched on alternate realities and they certainly touched on uh, alternate ways of getting around the universe a lot. I mean, Deep Space Nine was about one of those places that you could go from one part of the universe to another in Wormhole. It, yes. In fact, the TV series Farscape, don't know if you saw that. Yes, that I did. was one where a couple of the stars were actually Muppets. Oh, yeah. I, that was a little hard for me to take, but uh, they did it. Given what they were doing, they did it well. And again, it was I just. Tasteful, yes. Very well done. I liked it. Uh, the, 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 the plot was was not superficial, and uh, one could sometimes forget that Muppets were Muppets. Uh, they, they, it certainly wasn't uh, Bert and Ernie, you know, so it was, they were very well developed. And I think maybe it was, it's unfair to call them Muppets there by the creators of the Muppets. So um, um, I'm not a big fan of most television science fiction, but I think uh, – uh, Star Trek as such, and that means all of the Star Trek, including the movies and including the various versions, were a, uh, were a breakthrough in terms of being something that, that went beyond. Well, I was just saying that uh, I think that Star Trek was not just a, um, uh, an advancement in terms of, of – uh, of technology, but in terms of, of plot line and went way beyond the kid science fiction shows, which were prevalent in the 1960s. The only exception other than that would be the, uh, the, 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 um, almost not science fiction of, uh, of, um, uh, Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, which was only borderline science fiction. It was mostly a kind of social criticism in an eerie, setting but um, the it, thing about Star Trek is Star Trek was written for adults that adults can enjoy the show whereas watching Space Patrol in the 1950s you know it was for kids even Captain Video all those shows were for kids you always assume science fiction had to be for someone who was under 12 or 15 yeah exactly and Star Trek kind of turned that on its ear and I'm not sure that it was intended to, but it did, and that's the important thing. And uh, and uh, although it uh, owes a huge debt to the great 1950s uh, uh, science fiction movie, uh, theatrical movie, Forbidden Planet. Um, and I think fact, I also think that William Shatner's Captain Kirk channels Leslie Nielsen in Forbidden <laughs> Planet. We didn't know that Leslie Nielsen was funny then. 
He was a serious actor. Uh, well, yeah, in the 1950s, and uh, he had a, a surprise second career, which uh, he did justice to straight-faced comedy that uh, uh, is most touching. He would have, but, uh, you know, there's no point at which uh, William Shatner ever did Captain Kirk without a touch of underlying humor. And uh, uh, I think that, that if you go back and look at it with that in mind, it was always there. So in that sense, he, he really did have the Leslie Nielsen undertone in him. Well, you know, when they did that show, Boston Legal, where he played Denny Crane, you knew how funny he was with James Spader that had this wonderful report. Let's move back to our subject here because we're about two-thirds into the show. We want to get also into your interest in the occult. And that is, with regard to UFOs, wherever they come from, what about so-called close encounter stories? This is another question from Blowfish. And the best evidence. So we see UFOs in the sky, but sometimes they're real close, and sometimes we see the beings, and sometimes those beings want to take us. What do you think? Any real evidence for that? Or is this all some kind of mind trick? Yes and yes. I, 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 I don't think that it's a trick, but I think that it, that it does involve the same kind of experience that, uh, that one would encounter in the varieties of religious experience. And in, in fact, and in folklore about uh, abduction by elves, or I was just talking today about uh, 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 with my son Randall about uh, halflings, and uh, we have throughout human history these notions of people being taken away under a mountain uh, to a mountain. Um, you and I interviewed a, a guy who, without realizing it, though he was doing a UFO story, Ralph Lael is who I'm talking about. This was uh, in Brown Mountain Lights, right? Right, right. In that city near where the mountain was located, we interviewed somebody who claimed to have met these entities. Well, whether he did or didn't is of less interest to me than that his story resembled European folklore about being taken into the Venusberg or Fairy Hill or whatever in so much detail that I find it nearly impossible to believe that it doesn't come from the same source. Whether he dreamed it up, uh, I had this bizarre experience of a guy showing up at my hotel room and telling me that Lael was somebody, I don't even know how he found my hotel room, but uh, you know, maybe he was a man in black, who knows. But uh, it was a small town, and I imagine news travels quickly but he said you know you don't need to be fooling around with ralph lale and i said uh why is that all right so we have ralph lale we have alan greenfield we have a possible man in black more to come you're in the paracast America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton. We fabric Engrave Inc. embeds strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Alan Greenfield joining us this week on the Paracast. Chris O'Brien is taking the night off. We started with alternate realities, alternate viewpoints of the UFO enigma, and we're talking here about the Brown Mountain Lights, where they see these lights in the top of the hill, and this character who lived in the city nearby, Ralph Lale, and his encounters. Right. Well, um, I, I went to, to Brown Mountain uh, to do some fairly thorough investigations twice, once with uh, you and Geneva, and uh, let's see, who else was with us at the time? There was someone else with us, but it has skipped my mind. And on another occasion in which I can date exactly, because it was the day that uh, Apollo 8 circled the moon, but uh, it was Christmas Eve with uh, Jim Mosley and little Betty Mosley and uh, uh, Tim Beckley. And... Um, it was on that occasion I had uh, again gone and talked to Lale, and uh, uh, I was in my hotel room. This man comes and knocks on my door, well-dressed guy, sort of nondescript, not looking like trouble, not having a southern drawl at all, uh, unusual in that part of the universe. He comes in, sits down, I don't remember what else we talked about, but at some point he started talking about Ralph Lale, and he said, you really shouldn't be uh, dealing with this guy. He's a moonshiner. And I said, oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, like, 
well, if he's a moonshiner, I suppose I shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> uh, but why are you telling me this? Because that doesn't necessarily bear on you know his experiences on the planet Piwam or under the mountain, which is where he claimed he was was taken. Um, and uh, this guy left, and at the time I didn't think it was that strange. And then I realized, how do you know where I was, who I was, and what was his purpose in being there? I have no idea whatsoever, but the point I was really trying to get to was Lael's story resembles a gazillion stories not involving uh, UFOs, but involving abduction by elves, fairies, uh, angels, demons, etc. throughout human history. And the UFO abduction stories are of the same variety. Some are transformative events. They even resemble near-death experiences. Um, uh, in their in their format, and I'm not sure that religious experiences, spiritual experiences, uh, experiences with uh, uh, out of folklore with elves and fairies taking you to Magonia or under the Venusberg in in Germany or wherever it happens to be, or under Brown Mountain in North Carolina, uh, are are talking about, except in, in terms of the window dressing, so to speak, anything that is any different one from the other. Whitley Stryber sort of got at that in his first book and uh, then uh, sort of, I guess, wandered away from that, but uh, that there are an endless number of masks that uh, you never really get beyond because these encounters are not as material as they seem to be. If you live in a world that expects lots of flashing lights and saucer-shaped vehicles and gray beings, that's what you're going to see. But it's not any different from being taken into the Hall of the Mountain Kings and and having toasts with the elves and the elves uh, being curious about your life and you're coming out with a loss of time and, and sense of location and worldliness and perhaps be transformed for life in terms of who you are and how you are and how you see the world. I think these are crossovers between realities. Some of them are spontaneous. Some of them are from realities that are apparently more able than we generally are. And this is a good segue to the occult part of this. More able than we are to actually go from one state of reality to another and then perhaps return to the other reality sometimes. All right. So you think that this is all what's happening with abductions, except for those, of course, that aren't just mental issues? Well, I'm not, I'm not even sure that schizophrenia is a disease and not seeing more of reality and not being able to process it than most of us see most of the time. People that are able to process it are called uh, prophets and oracles, people that aren't able to function with that additional sense of reality they're nuts are, they're uh, they're called uh, crazy and crackpots and they eventually become out of frustration they become crackpots sometimes dangerous crackpots well of course we have richard shaver who was supposedly hospitalized for mental problems and he had this other reality experience but he was in contact with beings or entities called deros and tiros and in his particular case maybe the caves were in another reality did you ever uh, meet shaver uh, never met Shaver, but I had extensive correspondence with him. And, of course, I, I met Palmer, who thought exactly that. that and you was, and I were there at the same yes, time. That was Jim and you. The, the people that were 
the victimized by NICAP. We were invited at that point and took advantage of it. And uh, you and I think Rick Hilberg and Jim Mosley and uh, and I went up to see Ray Palmer, but uh, I don't think we ever discussed much about about Shaver. I know that my I interviewed him, and we did discuss Shaver in the course of that interview, and that's where he said that during the years he said he was in the caverns, he was physically in a mental institution. And, of course, Shaver took issue with that. Wouldn't matter to me. If, 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 if I'm communicating at all what I'm thinking, a person who has, well, first of all, modern psychiatry is much more oriented towards the notion of functional and dysfunctional because people who have been great artists, great scientists, are also... <laughs> kind of nutty people in terms of your everyday person, but, um, uh, you know, very, very far beyond them. It, it, it goes with the turf of um, uh, what kind of uh, mental set that you have. But the real determinant of, quote, sane and, quote, insane is, are you functional in your day-to-day -day life? Do you know to look both ways when you cross the street or not? It doesn't matter whether... You see the street as orange day glow and everybody else sees it as gray concrete or not, uh, so much as it matters that you understand that if you don't look both ways and there's traffic coming, you're going to get killed. Um, uh, so uh, the, the, the notion of insanity, since really since the, the drug experimentation in the 1960s and beyond, uh, along with a younger generation of, of mental health professionals, uh, has uh, uh, kind of changed the, uh, the view of, of what that would imply. People got put into, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the TV series, I like it very much, uh, American Horror Story, and this year it's American Horror Story Asylum, but it's about people being put into a really bad 196 early 1960s asylum uh which a lot of both old age homes and uh, mental health facilities were at that time and one one of the people that was there was there because she was uh, a lesbian because at that time that was considered to be a serious mental disorder and i mean you know times change and what is defined as crazy and what is defined as not crazy differs with the time there's no doubt in my mind that Shaver was a, quote, crazy guy, but then so was Salvador Dali. One was a famous artist. The other was uh, a, a guy who had his 15 minutes and was generally regarded as a nut. Uh, I never did. I, I thought of him as, as, as someone who had, uh, had his mind in two worlds and was ill at ease with both. I knew Shaver personally. I actually interviewed him. I met him. And when we met him, Geneva and I, I thought he was a perfectly presentable, friendly person with a subtle sense of humor. I didn't see a nut there. But then, who am I to judge, right? Some people think that I'm crazy, and probably they're right. But here we are, and that's why we have this radio show. We have so much more to get to with Alan. And you know, anytime we have Alan Greenfield on, we start a discussion, goes on for a couple of hours or so, and then we think, let's do another two hours. Alan Greenfield joining Gene Steinberg this week. You're in the Paracast.
complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-877-804-MY-TV 1-877-804-MY-TV disable the cable cut costs and get more call 1-877-804-MY-TV 1-877-804-MY-TV Merry Christmas, Peter Cranschnabel from Midas Resources. Today is December 21st, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 164820. A one ounce gold cougar iron can be purchased for 1689.32, for a half ounce, or 422.33 for a quarter ounce. 1689.32, 844.66, and 422.33. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Alan Greenfield. We're focusing on the frontiers of reality where people maybe find themselves in both realities and it kind of really freaks them out. And that may have been part of what happened to Richard Shaver. He believed in physical caves here, that you go into a cave and it's real. And maybe he did go into real caves, but those real caves may have been elsewhere. Now, I want to get into more of the magical thing here because we kind of touch on it very briefly because we have a couple of questions about that and there's so much to discuss. We'll do the best we can. We have someone named Bana Ventura from our forum and he says, I've greatly enjoyed listening to Mr. Greenfield on the Paracast over the years. Here are a couple of questions for him. He's a fan. How about that? I love it. Okay. Can you discuss the benefits of practicing ritual magic? It seems that so many occult practitioners, Dr. D and Alastair Crowley, for example, seem to have gained so little, either materially or intellectually, from their magical practice, while others seem to have been harmed by it. Have magicians made any discoveries that have relevance beyond their own experience? In other words, are the occult forces, if there are such, playing us for suckers? Interesting take on it. Uh, Alistair Crowley was a, a drug addict and an egotist, and I think that had more to do with whatever results he got. He also, <laughs> I can relate to this, and uh, you can relate it to the life of Jim Mosley. He started out with a substantial inheritance. He was raised in a very, very fundamentalist group called the Plymouth Brethren, and I think that those two factors uh, uh, were things that he was – he spent a lot of his life running away from unsuccessfully with drugs and with, with uh, sexual aspects of magic, which there's nothing wrong with. There's, and for that matter, there's nothing wrong with the judicious use of drugs. The problem is there's so much injudicious use. He was a heroin addict and died a heroin addict. I don't think the uh, material aspects of magic are particularly important. If it was, then there would be some, uh, some people who are doing the stock market or the lottery who would attribute their success to their particular magical secrets and people would beating, be beating a path to their door. I think what magic – first of all, there's little enough interest in the occult and magical community in actually testing magical ritual for – in the same way that paranormal researchers test, for example, ESP to determine what's actually changing reality and what actually is simply acting out or – perhaps performing a therapeutic ritual, but which has uh, no, other, no other purpose. I do a great deal to, to correct that. But my feeling is that the primary purpose of magical ritual is to open the portal of the adepti, that is to open the portal to other realms of existence. This is particularly obvious in what's called Enochian magic. And I'll only briefly go back to it because I have mentioned it before on, on your program, I believe. But uh, I believe that without really thinking it through, Albert K. Bender 
and his experience with the uh, with the cake and the men in black and uh, his uh, frightened withdrawal from uh, from ufology had to do with uh, the fact that he had essentially set up his his room in his family's home as a magical temple and had the kind of dark aesthetics which in fact attracted exactly what he got only he wasn't he wasn't bargaining for it and when he got it he also like shaver interpret interpreted it in physical terms and i think it was more in the nature of a um, dark spiritual experience with beings from otherwhere i think that the, the purpose of a controlled magical experiment is to be able to successfully go and i uh, <laughs> know this from experience, successfully go from one state of reality to another, and if you do it smart, which is something I would say that uh, a lot of people who are magical enthusiasts leap into without doing, able to return intact, but with more wisdom than one left with. I've done this with groups, I've done this individually, I've done this over a period of 30-some-odd years, and I'm convinced that it works. It's an inexact science, primarily because no one has really, really done what I call scientific illuminism, which is uh, Crowley's term, but which I have borrowed for my own use, which means the aim of religion, the method of science, or I would prefer the aim of spirituality, the method of science, which is to say to scientifically document what's going on and what you do to achieve certain results and how you begin, indulge in uh, this transformation and how you get back safely from it. Our perception of magic these days is from silly TV shows like Once Upon a Time where all your fairy tale characters come to life and they go into a small town in America and they bring their magical powers with them. So I'm going to segue that comment into Bonaventura's second question, which is, can you tell us why and how you went about becoming a practicing magician? Now? Now. Oh, I thought you were going to commercial. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got the, we have like a minute and a half for commercial. It, 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 Three, it was all. One. It was all at the same time, Gene. Um, um, I didn't necessarily. I kept them in different boxes until I realized there were different aspects of the same uh, same community of, of 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 subjects. I became interested in paranormal phenomena, UFOs. And uh, the occult and magical universe, including uh, Kabbalism and Enochian work, and uh, um, and other and a magical ritual, all at the same time uh, in uh, circa 1960. And uh, my development in terms of practice and working with other people on these different areas depended in part on. Who uh, and science fiction also during that same period, by the way, all the same year. Uh, uh, I was pubescent, so the Freudians can make of that, if there are any Freudians left, whatever they wish. The point is that my major interests developed at that same time. And um, um, 
the magical aspect of it was mostly reading about it in the 1960s, and then in the 1970s, I began to meet people who were also interested in it, and group work is, I would say, almost essential for doing that sort of thing. I eventually became part of a of an organized body of uh, magical workers. I spent 20 years in that before uh, deciding that the authoritarian approach of the organization was far, far too dogmatic for any real progress to be made. But uh, in, in the process of going along through trial and error, I learned a great deal about um, magical invocation and evocation. And we're Invo- going to ask him more about what he learned. In our next segment, Alan Greenfield joining me. You're in the PowerCast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's gotomeeting.com, promo code podcast. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed, but if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout will knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free. All for only $249. Visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866 716 5214. 866 716 5214. Afterburnerstoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Attention, this is an announcement for our listeners who drive gasoline vehicles. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that there is now an automotive accessory that exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. Consumer Protection has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with an accessory called Platinum 22. To find out if Platinum 22 will give your vehicle 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me correctly, 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that the Platinum 22 accessory will deliver 22% more miles per gallon to most gasoline vehicles. You should pick up the phone and call 1-800-LESS-GAS to find out if it will help your vehicle. 
That's 1-800-L-E-S-S-G-A-S. 1-800-L-E-S-S-G-A-S. 22% more miles per gallon. 1-800-LESS-GAS. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because it continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. On the Paracast, we have two more segments with my friend, Alan Greenfield, and he has such a wide range of interests, it's just incredible. Now, let's talk about the practical things about magicians and all that, the kind of things you can do. Now, we always think of casting spells. Do you cast spells? This is a dumb question. Do you engage in meditations? Can you create different effects because of your magic yes yes and yes but the same would be true of of paranormal work with uh, psychokinesis and i i think they're identical in other words if you're changing something in what we mutually hold to be reality through uh mental powers you can call it magic or you can call it psychokinesis it's just a matter of where you're where you're coming from that's the easy part and the answer for me would be after working in this area actively for 40 years and uh, intellectually for, for 50, I do very little of the, uh, you know, wizard's hat and wands and, and circles and stuff. I, I'm all for that, and I believe that's the, the, the starting place uh, for, for anyone. But uh, gradually, as you go through this, you you dispense with a lot of the paraphernalia and are left with the uh, uh, being able to basically do things by intent. I try as little as possible to interfere with uh, day-to-day reality. For one thing, I think that it's very important to respect the autonomy of the will of others. And something like, for example, one of the most common things is love magic or sex magic or whatever in in the sense of trying to bend the will of someone else to yours. And to me, that's black magic. It's a, it's a violation of that person's will by trying to bend them to you through the use of paranormal or magical forces. I don't do that. Uh, the couple of times that I tried in the early days of my work, it always worked, but it was always a disaster. Hence, <laughs> various uh, relationships that uh, we don't really need to go into. But it it works. It's what I call low magic, and it also, if it actually does bend someone's will, it's black magic, uh, just as uh, any other form of uh, of uh, 
persuasion without intellectual uh, engagement with that person would be such. Uh, I think in that sense, Hitler was an excellent black magician, able to sway people with the power of his voice and the power of his mind, whole masses of people. That's an awful, awful power, which probably could have been used for something else, but which uh, had the most tragic of results, including for him, which ultimately what goes around comes around. That is, does seem to be a law of the universe. I mostly am interested in linking these areas together. You want to know about abductions? How do you find out about abductions? You do an Enochian working where you go into the appropriate Enochian ether using the traditional methods of Dr. D, who was a, a consummate Elizabethan um, astrologer and uh, magician with a very uh, dubious handyman named Edward Kelly, uh, <laughs> made off with his wife eventually, one of the perils of the path. And... Uh, you, in fact, can have something resembling a controlled abduction experience, maybe even rescue someone who had a spontaneous abduction experience or something that was sort of done from the other side. Now, I abduction being what now? Because every time we say abductions, UFOs. I mean it exactly that way. What are UFOs? They're unidentified. They are a source of abduction, but so can gnomes or fairies or changelings or any of the folklore, or for that matter, the profound religious experiences, uh, the prophet Elijah being taken uh, to heaven on wings of angels or thereabouts, uh, 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 Paul on the road to Damascus having his uh, a uh, close encounter of the very, very, very transformative type. I don't see these as different, Gene. I see these as all differing cultural interpretations of the same basic phenomenon. And what I'm interested in is linking them one to another, but also developing some means of control over them. And that's why I have worked at some, been at some pains to work on the prediction of, say, UFO cases in the future with arguable success. And that's why I have also worked on using magical process as it has been handed down to do what amounts to going into the abductee's world and coming back from there successfully. Now, okay, you raised a big question here. Going into the abductee's world, this is the UFO abductee or any person being abducted by strange creatures? Uh, Again, I don't see them as different. They're only described in different cultural terms. Whether it's Barney Hill uh, uh, or, um, or Saul of Tarsus, it's the same experience described by people from different cultures and making different cultural interpretations. I see them as one and the same thing. Okay. Go on. Well, the, the, the major use that I make of magic now, as opposed to the various things that uh, a beginner and journey, journeyman uh, magicians would do, and properly so, because you don't want to 
climb a mountain without learning a lot about mountain climbing because <laughs> there are there are very practical consequences of doing that is to set up a set of circumstances not unlike the uncontrolled one that Bender set up in his room for summoning or transferring to some alternate reality or some other uh, brain, B-R-A-N-E, being there, observing, and then returning here, preferably with a group of people and preferably with instrumentation that will document as much as can be documented about that. And I've been doing that kind of work since the early 1990s with with uh, a, a lot of success, but with you know uh, no funding, obviously at all. Uh, lately, we've been doing a lot of uh, of talking about doing some experimentation with uh, augmenting the light spectrum that we're able to work with, in order to perhaps uh, perceive things that uh, our uh, regular senses are not able to do specifically with infrared it's now as i'm sure you know being a, a fellow gadgeteer and actually much better at that sort of thing than i am uh there are relatively inexpensive movie cameras uh, with relatively high definition that uh that will um uh that, that that use infrared in order to perceive things in the infrared uh aspect of of the, the light spectrum that we don't normally see in other words in the heat spectrum and heat has a lot to do with uh, a lot of the magical transformations that take place and i don't know how that will turn out but uh, if we are able to see a kind of heat exchange that is otherwise not perceivable to um to people in an ordinary state of mind and uh, uh, to ordinary vision or even ordinary cameras, that will be significant. And I have uh, people that work with me who are working on that, and I intend to do some work on that myself when, when and if I can afford it. There, there needs to be a lot more scientific, um, that is systematic, nailing down and documentation of what we do. All of this could be crazy, but you know, well, all of it could be wrong. I'm not sure crazy is the right term. Well, and we, only have, we have one more segment left. We'll go into more of what Alan is doing with his magical pursuits. This show is magical this week. Really fascinating discussion with Alan Greenfield. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators. Freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22-cubic-foot deep freezer. In stock and ready to ship anywhere. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com also stocks a full line of solar-powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Ben'sDiscountSupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Ben'sDiscountSupply.com for camping, home, or bug-out location. Bank on Ben'sDiscountSupply.com. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
One more segment left. We're talking to Alan Greenfield, a practicing magician. Now, this is always the stuff we hear in the legends. There is black magic. There's white magic. You can do all sorts of strange things, cast spells on people to make things happen. How much of that is real? All of it. Okay, so what is the extent of what an Alan Greenfield can do? I mean, if you decided... Well, somebody's in severe difficulty. They're going to lose their home. They're going to be foreclosed. Can you put a spell on the bank? Probably. It depends on the size of the institution. If people, by myself, the larger the institution, everything has its own egregore, which is a difficult term. Look it up. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of the composite force of of any person place or thing for example casting a spell which i i'm not a spell caster and haven't been for a very long time but casting a spell on let's say the government to not go to war the government has its own egregore its egregore goes back to the founding of the country and in some sense beyond that and explain to, what that means what egregore means? Yes. It just, it just means the, the composite power of, of the person, place, or thing that you are dealing with. In order to – it's a lot like gaming. I hate to say that. But in order to be able to, to uh, impose a difference on that composite power, one must have more composite power – or have some little method of just shaving off some little edge. The classic example of the goofiest thing ever done were the, uh, in the height of the hippie uh, peace movement, Vietnam era thing was the, the effort, unsuccessful of course, to uh, levitate the Pentagon. It would take more than a few thousand stoned hippies to levitate the Pentagon. In fact, I think it's probably uh, impossible if you had the whole population of the world concentrating on it. But to change now, the other question would be then, does the government have its own magical powers to protect itself from you? Well, yes, obviously. Look at the back of the dollar bill. I mean, it, it, uh, in its beginnings, uh, a goodly portion of at least the Federalists with the, within the, uh, the founding fathers, as they say, of the of the United States were a good many uh, Masons and illuminated Masons, and they uh, embodied a lot of that in the in the uh, symbolism of uh, of the United States. To this day, when you see a uh, uh, picture of the House of Representatives, uh, you will observe the uh, um, the uh, bound uh, sticks around a. Um, I don't want to use the actual word because the word is associated with fascism, but uh, but it, it's it's a very very old idea of you see a, um, a a double bladed weapon and you have these sticks bound around it and it's a magical symbol for uh, the power of of many bound together is much stronger than the power of uh, of any one and that's uh, that symbol goes back to the. Uh, to the merging of thirteen colonies, to the uh, to the emergence of uh, all for one, to the notion of uh, 
e pluribus unum. Um, uh, th these ideas are basically ideas out of the late 18th century radical Freemasonry that had a much more radical uh, uh, expression in the French Revolution, but which nevertheless profoundly influenced the founding of the United States, and elements of that continue to be there. But even, even if there was no intention to do that, Time itself, being an institution, having a specific flag and a specific pledge of allegiance and a specific national anthem, all of these combine to create an egregore, a composite power, which is very strong. And the, uh, the, the, the longer it lasts and the, the deeper it is, the more difficult it is to do anything by any solitary person or even combination of persons to change that overall thing. The trick would be, if one were so inclined, to change maybe one person in a key position to avoid, let's say, a nuclear war. That would be a more doable thing than to change the will of the Congress to, like, do something about this fiscal cliff thing. <laughs> Oh, that we don't even want to get into that because that's going to be a story that's going to exist, I think, till after the first of the year. And I am making that prediction without any ability of magic. Yes. Well, you actually do have more magic than you realize. Pray tell, I, think, I want to know more. We don't have much time left. Why don't you focus on that for a couple of minutes? How I think so? the, the, the influence of cyberspace is something that if we were, were sitting in – a four-sad hotel room in 1965, and I were to say, look, Gene, in the far future, in the 21st century, in the 12th year, at the very, very end of the Mayan calendar, when the guy got tired and walked away from his calendar, you're going to be reaching out, not to your little mailing list of people that you've mimeographed to, but to thousands, conceivably millions of people over a really infinite period of time through a network that is in a cloud of electronics spread out all over the world, you would have thought me a little more daft than I actually am. But of and, course, you I know, when it comes to daft, I think you're one of the saner people out there, actually. I think so, too. But uh, I'm glad we I agree with each other. <laughs> and so are you. But the point is, anything that's done in cyberspace has its own magical effect. It, it just depends on whether you define magic as something lowbrow as in Bewitched. Not that that wasn't funny, but, you know, that's uh, I Dream of Genie and Bewitched are not what magic is all about. Or something more profound. And the one thing I will give Aleister Crowley was that his his book, Magic, kind of puts it on a scientific footing, and if you can deal with the turgid uh, neo-Victorian uh, way of writing, it actually uh, gives it a, uh, a rational foundation that you can deal with the irrational in. He also said reason is a lie, <laughs> which I think when you deal with magic, you sort of have to put your reason on hold and just do it. But... Um, um, the answer to your question, the bottom line answer is there are certain things I can do and th certain things I can't. But I have laid hands on people magically and cured them of horrible diseases. Unfortunately, I can't do it for myself, which, you know, but I don't have any horrible diseases. 
And we hope this won't happen. But if you did have a horrible disease, someone would have to put their hands on you. Exactly. I just don't have the capacity to do it for myself or my immediate family. The best I can do is blessings and prayer, you know. But then one thing that I believe in is, you know, the power of prayer is not the power of telling God how to run the universe. So I try not to to fall into that trap. What is the power of prayer then? To touch the infinite and to have the infinite touch your heart. Alan, my friend, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you write about. Well, my current book, the name of which will fool you if you're not careful, is Christ and the Master Therion, and you can get that at the usual places. And do support the Amazon workers who are trying to get better working conditions. I will editorially say that, but Amazon does does carry both the Kindle and trade paperback edition of that. And I would appreciate people trying it out. It's something totally different for me and totally different from what it seems to be from the title. And if you want to get in touch with me or anything about me, the best way to do it is to Google my name. It's spelled A-L-L-E-N-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. I've been on the Internet since before it was the Internet. In fact, he's a mad magician, so he probably helped create the Internet. We're just kidding. No, that was Al Gore. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Excuse me. By the way, you can find us. We're on Twitter where we're known as The Paracast, or go to thepowercast.com to find all the things we do. And Chris O'Brien, by the way, his website is ourstrangeplanet.com. He's got loads of great articles on there, ourstrangeplanet.com. Alan Greenfield, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Paracast. It's been just like the old days. That's great, Gene. Thanks a lot. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 